Well, hello, friends, and welcome to the Imago Nutrition Podcast, where we answer your questions and give you practical nutrition strategies so that you and your family can flourish. And speaking of families flourishing, we have a terrific question today on the topic of family and child nutrition. And so, of course, those of you that know us know I will not be doing nearly as much talking as I normally do because I am not the expert in the family and child arena. And so Danielle is with me. Hello, Danielle. It's been a little while since we've done one together, right? So we're back together. You have to put up with me for another episode. But how's (laughs) things up in the St. Louis area? Great. Very good. Yes, I love fall. (laughs) <laughs> I know we're fall is in full swing. And so we're recording this uh, on, well, we're recording it on Halloween. And so we're a little bit, about a week out. So this will probably post the second week of November in 2022. And yeah, we woke up to a foggy fall morning, which is really nice. We're in, obviously in the Nashville area. We have a lot of sun, but we have a nice little foggy fall this morning, but still kind of little drizzly and kind of just nice. All the leaves are falling and changing, of course. So it's a, it's a fun time of year. So, um, so with this, so with that, uh, we have a terrific question. If you have a question for us, by the way, you can always submit those questions and uh, we will consider all the submissions for possible future topics on the podcast. So if you're listening to this, you've got that burning question. You've got that question from that friend down the street that said, Something about nutrition that you're curious about and you'd like to verify it through us, uh, we'd be happy to do that. Anything we can help you with, we are here. That's why we do the podcast for free to help. And so with that, if you do have a question, you can head over to imagonutrition.com slash podcast. That's imago, I-M-A-G-O dot com, or I'm sorry, imagonutrition.com slash podcast. Scroll down just a bit on that page. You'll see a web form there. You can submit your question to us, again, for consideration as a future podcast episode topic. And so we'd love to hear from you. We love these questions that are coming in um, and getting a chance to help people from around the country, around the world. And so feel free to shoot us a question if you've got one. So with that, speaking of terrific questions, Catherine in California has a great question for us on the topic of family and child nutrition. And so Catherine in California, if you're listening to this, thank you for the question. She asks, what do I do if my kids want to eat a diet heavy on fruits and carbs. Again, what do I do if my kids want to eat a diet heavy on fruits and carbs? And so I'll start just by saying, I don't want to read too much into this question, but before I turn it over to you, Danielle, we're going to assume that Catherine does not believe carbs are bad. Okay. That only eating fruits and carbs are bad. The question is about the limited nutrients, right? It's just the fact that the child or the kids are honing in on fruits and carbs. Not that, oh my gosh, they're eating carbs and it's bad. It's that they're only eating fruits and carbs. And what are the implications for that? And so with that clarification, again, we're not going to make a defense of carbs in this episode and say, no, carbs are great, which they are, by the way, they're terrific. Fruits, terrific. Carbs are great. It's our body's primary source of energy or preferred source of energy. It, it does a wide range of um, good for the body, even including um, right down to the central nervous system. Carbohydrates are important. They're a macronutrient. However, as I said, we're not going to lay out um, with the assumption that she believes carbs are bad. It's just that the kids want to eat predominantly carbs and predominantly fruit. And so with that, uh, Danielle, uh, I think you got a couple points and we're going to kind of talk through this. And I'm curious your thoughts on this per Catherine's question. This is a great question. Um, I think one thing to think about that might make this a little different um, depending on the age of your kids. Um, so thinking about younger kids and 
older kids. With older kids, you can kind of do a little more education as far as um, if you're hungry, you know, we need foods that help us feel full. Um, carbohydrates can help us feel full, but mainly when they have protein or fiber in them. Um, so just, just that is one thing to think about is what are the age of your kids, um, and how you can, you know, um, kind of have a good, um, approach to this. So I, I did actually <laughs> start with my, um, you know, some of the things to remember, um, as parents, I feel like, um, in the diet culture, parents do get fed that carbs are bad. Um, Let's do it. Let's defend carbs. I take it back. What? Okay. I was going to say, can I spend just a tiny, tiny bit of time? Um, uh, no, let's so, do it. And and this is proof that, look, we get together and we have honest conversations at the at the speed of time. And so, um, yeah, so let, let's do it. Let's talk. Okay. So, um, so in, in parents' mindset, we just need to recognize the benefits of fruits and carbs. Um, you know, one, fruits... I feel like I get a lot of um, questions about this because we're concerned about not getting enough vegetables. Um, And there are actually the same really good vitamins and minerals in your fruits. Um, So I think we um, tend to forget about that because we're so concerned about them not getting enough vegetables. Um, So fruits obviously have tons and tons of vitamins and minerals um, and their color has a plant pigment, um, that is an antioxidant. So all the colors are great. Um, there's no bad fruits. Um, like for example, any of your purple, uh, fruits or vegetables, um, give you anthocyanin and that's great for memory. And, um, each of those different plant pigments have different benefits, whether it's heart health or memory or things like that. Um, fruits have a ton of fiber so they can help us feel full. They are naturally sweet, so there's no added sugar, um, and so they can help address the sweet tooth um, and help you feel full because they have the fiber and water involved. Um, so it's, it is an all-natural, if you're choosing a fresh or frozen fruit, it's an all-natural sugar. Um, nothing is added, so that is what the American Heart Association is not telling us to decrease. We're not needing to decrease our amount of fruit by any means. Um and so, yes, I, I think in this question, we um, want to just briefly recognize that, you know, you, you just don't want too much energy. And that's probably what more of the question is about is too much carbs and not enough of the other foods. Um, so the second point would just be um, to incorporate complex carbs more often. Um, mm. So when you're having a family uh, meal, trying to think about what carbohydrates are highest in fiber. And those are typically those that are complex. Um, so that means it takes longer for your body to digest them, decrease spike in blood sugar, helps you feel satisfied longer. Um, so these might be sweet potatoes, squash, beans and lentils, quinoa, oats, um, and there are plenty more. But if you can find a carbohydrate has fiber and or protein, so this could help increase plant-based protein at your meal. So like I said, depending on the age of the kids, some kids really um, have to take time to learn to like meat. Well, especially all children, you know, they, they have to learn how to like all new foods mm-hmm. <laughs> um, when you're introducing food. So um, the carbohydrates um, that have protein 
you know, could be a side dish, um, so that they're still getting protein like quinoa, um, or beans or lentils. Yogurt for breakfast could be a good, um, carbohydrate with protein. And you can put quinoa in like baked oatmeal. So that could also give you a spike in protein, or you can incorporate other plant-based proteins that don't have carbohydrates as much as like tofu, nuts, nut butters, edamame, um, things like that. Edamame has a little carbs, but, um, so incorporating those complex carbs will give us that fullness that we're feeling, which is what we're worried about when we're having a diet heavy in fruits and carbs. Um, did you want to say anything on that? Mark? No, I love it. I'm listening. I'm learning. Okay. Okay. Um, the other thought I had for this would be the education piece. Um, we, we don't want to keep our kids in the dark. Um, we want them to, you know, learn about how to take care of their bodies, but we don't want to do that in a non-pressure way. Um, so I recommend not educating your kids at the dinner table or at meal times. Um, it could be in the car. Maybe you you know, are driving by a restaurant, it spikes your memory of this topic or this podcast, um, or part of a homework assignment. Maybe you're like, well, check in what your kids are learning in science or health class. Um, or maybe when they're playing an activity, um, like, you know, when we eat protein, we're going to be really strong to be able to lift this. I don't know. <laughs> uh, or kick this soccer ball farther or there whatever. Now we're talking. Be. Um, throw that basketball higher. Um, so yeah, making it important to them. Um, kids take a lot of time to, um, build interest in taking care of their health. They, Mm. um, are not necessarily thinking that depending on their age. Um, so what, what kind of interest do your kids have and, um, incorporating at that time? Um, and, um, yeah, not having any of that diet mentality. Uh, when you're talking about healthy foods, try not to use the word healthy. Um, mm-hmm. Try not to use the word healthy or good for you. That kind of creates a negative relationship um, with food. So it gives you a good list of foods and a bad list of foods. Um, so when we think about this, we want to be specific when we're talking about foods. Like, when you're really young, age like zero to three, you, you would say like green foods help us fight off sickness or, um, you know, uh, yogurt helps us with our, with our bones, gives us, um, strong bones. Um, so being as specific as you can and trying as best you can not to have any, um, good foods and healthy foods, um, you know, words, um, and being specific. So, I would say um, another way to think about this is by um, not just using your words and educating them away from the dinner table, but being an example at the table. So them watching you eat the protein and them watching you eat the vegetables Mm -hmm. is the best way that you're going to learn. But really, there can't be any pressure at the table, especially if picky eaters are at the table. Um, And then then just providing as... uh, as all the way up until adolescence, you're still the provider of the meal. So if you're providing um, that balanced plate, you know, a fourth of your plate protein, a fourth of your plate carbohydrates, half your plate of veggies. Um, If you're providing that day in and day out and you're just patient, it'll take time. Um, But being willing to try some plant-based proteins, you know, having a meatless Monday um, 
you know, getting on their level or talking to them um, outside of the meal. Again, you know, maybe at the grocery store, having them pick um, a vegetable that they want to try or having them pick a, a protein that they want to try and cooking together or going to a place where you can meal prep or, or cook together um, like a cooking class. So these are um, some thoughts I had. <laughs> so incorporating those complex uh, carbohydrates, educating without pressure away from the mm. dinner table or meal time, and then um, being the example is um the three tips i have for today that's awesome that's cool and you know i had just had a couple thoughts too but very just very quickly you did a far more eloquent job than i will on this topic no surprise but as i grow in this area as a parent you know as a as a nutrition nerd um you know just a couple thoughts is that you know one just keeping in mind you mentioned patients that the child's nutrition patterns change over time right and so a lot of times as parents we put arbitrary, I say that kindly, arbitrary expectations on our children. And we put advanced expectations, right? And I love what you said about the parents because that was one of my final thoughts too. But one, we tend to place adult expectations on children, okay? And, and, and that likely comes from a good place, wanting the best for your kids, yes. But patience is hard and not placing adult expectations on children is hard because we want the best for them, of course. And we know, Catherine, that you want the best for the kids. And that's why you've got concern in this area. But as Danielle said, that patience is really, really key. Um, and, and being careful not to place, you know, kind of developed expectations on kids as they're developing. The other thing I would say, too, is that keep in mind, that, and we don't know the duration, we don't know the full context of, you know, your children's eating patterns over time. But also just keep in mind that one meal is not necessarily a good snapshot of their nutrition as a whole. In fact, one day isn't even a good snapshot of their nutrition as a whole. I have days where I have a lot of carbs. I work with adult, um, you know, clients in our nutrition business. You know, like I have a marathon running mom as a client. We ramp her up to before race, she's eating 75% carbohydrates, right? Now that's on a cycle and that's training us developed and it's part of her plan and her goal. But I don't train for marathons, but I have very high carbohydrate days and somewhat lower carbohydrate days. And I'm not carb cycling or anything like that. Some of it's intentional because I still play old man over 40 soccer, right? And so some days I'm loading up carbs the day before a soccer match. Uh, but there's some days where I just am enjoying more carbohydrates than other days. And I know this because I'm, I'm looking at my nutrition. So all that's to say, keep in mind, too, that you want to think about the average intake over time, whether that's a few days, a week, even over the months. And so not just looking at any individual meal and being like, oh, my gosh, they're only eating carbs. But what have they consumed that entire week? And then remembering to be patient as that child's nutrition patterns change. Um and Daniel, I can't remember if you said it. I'm a marketing guy, so I like things when they sound nice uh, and are short and concise. I, I'm pretty sure you probably said it or perhaps I've read it or come across something. But the thing that sticks in my mind that I'm learning, too, is that parents provide, children decide. Right. So remember, your role is that parents provide and then the children decides. And so that goes into that. And my final point, too, was on the modeling, because I work with almost exclusively adults. And uh, a lot of times what adults need to be honest about is that they perhaps are not modeling very well for their children. Again, they have undue expectations. They've got these arbitrary expectations. The kid has to eat really well. And then I like to ask the parents, how's your nutrition going? You know, not because I'm a smart aleck, but because I care and because I don't want that kid to be under so much pressure while the parent is not taking their modeling role 
um, seriously as well. So remember that as a parent, your job is to provide. Again, as Daniel's done a lot of, we've, we've done several uh, episodes where we get deeper into this and there will certainly be more in the future. But remember that, remember those roles is that your, your, your job is to provide. And then the hard part is we have to release some of that responsibility to the child. Okay. Your responsibility is to provide, let the child decide. And then remembering, um, you know, there's another adage that says, uh, what is it that, um, lessons are caught, not taught. And so your child is catching things from watching that modeling more so than they're receiving things that are being directly taught. So definitely have conversations, everything that Daniel said, work it into conversations outside of the table, outside of that environment so that it releases some of the pressure. It keeps them interested in what's good for them. But at the same time, remembering that more is caught than taught. And so ultimately take a look, have a bit of an introspection moment, take a look at your own nutritional habits, your own nutritional patterns. And when they see you enjoying um, well-balanced um, nutrient dense. Again, we don't say healthy foods, nutrient dense foods. Um, you know, I had ice cream last night. It's not nutrient dense, but it was part of my nutrition context and that's okay. It was Sunday night. I can do that. Right. So when they see you enjoying a wide array of nutrient dense foods day in, day out, week in, week out, month in, month out, year in, year out, that is ultimately, I think what's going to be the best instruction for them. So yeah. those are my thoughts. That was good. I just want to go back to your first one. That was really good. Um, Ooh, I as got far one. That's as, good. <laughs> I mean, you had really good ones. You did. Um, I try. I'm learning the, from Danielle. <laughs> no, the first one reminded me that I think we also have a higher expectation on protein specifically. I think um, mm. for parents, we're, we're trying to think about, you know, maybe our increasing our protein, but really... Um, if you think about it, the kid's requirement for protein is really quite small. Like toddlers, I think it's 14 grams a day. Like that's yep. two eggs, <laughs> you know, totally. it's really small. So if you think about, um, you know, some dietitians on Pinterest, pin, is it Pinterest? No, it's Instagram. <laughs> I think you almost um, said Pinstagram. Like... <laughs> I think we should create Pinstagram. <laughs> um, they have a really great picture of like a kid's plate and it's like, okay, so just full of blueberries on this side and just maybe two carrots or, you know, one piece of chicken. Okay. So like that's without pressure, like letting the kid choose, like you said. Um, and just remembering like that small amount of protein they're getting with each meal, they probably get what they're probably getting what mm -hmm. they need. Um, so. And for context, diet, right? Like a full. A full chicken breast, you mentioned the eggs, which is about six grams per whole egg, by the right. way. And that's mostly the, the proteins contained in the whites. But then like a chicken breast, you'd be like, oh, if my kid would just eat a chicken breast, that depending that's on the size, of course, that's like, that's like 24, 25, 28 gram, depending on the size and the cut. Like that's, that's a lot. That could be two days worth for a child. And keep in mind that, that protein, again, very important. We've talked about it, it comes in a variety of sources. So it doesn't have to mm -hmm. be some of those normal, I got to go to eggs for protein. I got to go to a big old chicken breast for, right? There are those plant-based uh, sources, which we are all for. Um, and keep in mind that too, that, that the, the numbers are just not that much. They don't have that much muscle mass that needs to be fueled. Protein is, is important for many things, enzymes, hormone production, lots and lots and lots. However, it's a small little body they've got. Okay. So they don't have that same requirement that we do. So I, that's a great point. Sorry to cut you up. No, that's okay. So myplate.gov um, will give you like based on your kid's age, if you want to see that, yeah. that number. Um, I think that's really helpful for parents just um, 
that's just the same reason why I talked about the fruit does give us fruits and vitamins and minerals, just like our, our vegetables do. So we can have some reassurance, you know, in this learning process while we're being patient, um, it just helps parents with patients, I think, uh, <laughs> to Very know cool. yep. the good and what's going on. So absolutely. Awesome. Well, that was, that was fun. It was uh, fairly short. I think we got through it, but I hope it was super helpful, Catherine, and, and to everyone else listening too. And so um, any final words as I wrap us up, Danielle, on this? And I'm, I'm glad that I started the whole thing by saying we we're going to defend carbs. And then you were like, actually, we are a little bit. So that just shows, you know, <laughs> we're trying to be candid over here So because we didn't talk about it ahead of time. We're like, we got the topic. Let's compare notes. Let's do it. And I'm up here like, well, we're not going to do this. Well, I think we might a little bit. Just a time. That's good. Anytime we can defend carbs these days, it's a good day because they get a lot of bad rap. Um, And so I do think that was an important start to remember, you know, there are, there are definitely, though we never want to have a reductive mindset, there are worse things than a child wanting to eat a lot of fruit. I'll tell you that because fruit's great. And so, um, yeah, great question, Catherine. Any final thoughts, Danielle? I don't think so. Very cool. All right. Well, with that, um, if you found this episode helpful, we would, of course, love it if you dis- if you subscribe so that you're automatically notified of our future episodes. Uh, drop a review. Let us know how we're doing. Share with a friend. If you've got some mom friends, some dad friends that have these questions, they've got their kids. Kids tend to gravitate toward, you know, something or other, um, it, whether it's carbs, fruit, you know, something else. Um, hopefully this helpful, this episode is helpful for them. So do us a favor and share it with them. Uh, if you're on social media, again, we're going to try to create an app called Pinstagram uh, based off <laughs> Danielle's uh, idea. And so she owns that. We're going to copyright that this afternoon. But <laughs> if you're on if you're on any of the current social media, you can follow us at Imago Nutrition. That's I-M-A-G-O Nutrition at Imago Nutrition. And as always, we'd like to thank Happy Pill, the band that provided us with our theme song, Thinking About Food, because on the Imago Nutrition Podcast, we're always thinking about food.